does it mean to be UMC? Each episode of this podcast series explores that question with clergy and laity at the East Ohio Conference sharing stories of how lives are being transformed through the ministries of the United Methodist Church. This is Storyboard, Faith, Witness, Transformation. Welcome to Storyboard, Faith, Witness, Transformation. Today, I am joined by two guests who have been blessed to experience God through their involvement with the United Methodist Church. And I'm going to let them introduce themselves to you. To my right is a doctor. So, uh, Liz, (laughs) why don't you introduce yourself to us? I will. I am Dr. Liz Mm Piat. What can I tell you? I am not a medical doctor. I'm a PhD. I have a PhD in sociology. Um, My area of specialty is actually medical sociology. So if you've ever heard of the uh, social determinants of health, that's all sociology of medicine and healthcare. And right now I am working at Kent State University as an administrator. I teach when I have time, which I love to do. That's like my passion is teaching. And so even at church, I'm teaching. Um, I teach Sunday school. I'm actually a certified lay minister and I serve as the canal district lay leader. So I get the opportunity to go to different churches, churches in the district and teach. I don't like to call it preaching because it really is for me teaching. But my favorite, favorite thing is teaching Sunday school and Bible studies. So that's me. And to my left is Jonah, a student. So Jonah, tell us about yourself. Hi, I'm Jonah Mitchell. I am a college student on my last semester up at Baldwin Wallace University. I am a communications studies major, uh, sociology and, uh, excuse me, minor in sociology. I'm called into ministry, uh, aspiring minister specifically to uh, called onto the path of an ordained elder. Both Liz and Jonah, we invited in today to the podcast to speak uh, specifically about their about their journeys and about how they've experienced God through their involvement with the United Methodist Church. And as you can hear, they've both had uh, different paths and they've both been a part of the United Methodist Church for different spans of time. And so I want to ask you both, what drew you to the United Methodist Church initially? So I was raised a church girl. I was always going to church, even when my mother wasn't. She was a single mom uh, with four girls. Um, And even when she wasn't going to church, she was sending us to church. Mm -hmm. So I was raised in the church, but mostly a Pentecostal tradition, a black Pentecostal tradition. (laughs) Um, And when I was in graduate school, my aunt Renee, actually my mother's youngest sister, was going to a United Methodist Church and she kept inviting me to Sunday school. And I kept saying, no, (laughs) not sure why I do it. And it was funny because the church that she was going to was right across the street from the church that I was attending at the time in uh, Akron. And um, she invited me to a book study. The book was called Hind's feet in high places. Um, and it's like an allegory, but it's all, it's all about trusting God basically. But her pastor at the time was leading this book study and she said, you should really come. And so I did. 
And uh, one of the women that was participating in that study said, you should come to my Sunday school class. (laughs) Every week she would say, you should come to my Sunday school class. And every week I was like, I don't know. I don't know. And finally I said, okay, fine. I'll come to your Sunday school class. (laughs) And that's what got me hooked was the Sunday school class. Uh, What really attracted me to the denomination was the quadrilateral. Like you can use your reason to Mm -hmm. understand scripture. It's okay to read things in the Bible and question, right? Um, And think about those things. At the time I was in my early 30s, my son was just two years old. And I, I ended up joining that church, South Arlington, United Methodist Church, and have just gotten more and more involved over time. So I still feel like I'm a newbie because I didn't <laughs> grow up United Methodist, you know. But um, yeah, that's, that's, that's how I got here. What about you, Jonah? So for me, my dad is an ordained elder with the church, so... I was born into it somewhat. I think similarly, you know, I always went to church because my family went to church. At a certain point, I really like how my parents handled that, though, because as soon as I hit my teens, they left it up to me. You know, as soon as I could stay home by myself, they said, this is your choice now. Um, And I stuck with it. And I'm very glad I did. But I think what really drew me into it completely is the love that the church shows because I think there is a lot of love in the church. When you speak of love shown in the church, what are some ways that you've seen that love just, just shown in your own church? I see love a lot in the people because I think the church really it, what it comes down to is it is very much the people And what I think it gets down to is the church is, to an extent, very familial. You know, we throw around a lot of the terminology of, you know, church family. And for me, what it comes down to is that the people, you know, the church people are very much a family, not biologically, but a spiritual family in a sense, to the extent that if I, you know, if my car breaks down, I have probably over a dozen, two dozen people from my church that I could call at any point in the day or night, and they would drive halfway across Ohio to come help me because they're my family and they love me and I love them. And Mm -hmm. I think for me, that's really what drew me to the church is that love and that spiritual relationship with each other. Excellent. So in your time in the churches that you both spent time in, what are some of the ways that you've seen, and, and we've, you know, over the last, even just the last five, six years, the world has gone through some major upheaval and changes. For sure. What are some of the ways you've seen the church respond to that and change on its own and grow? Oh, that's a good question. When I first uh, started going to South Arlington, you know, everything was, of course, face to face. We're doing a lot of things, but really doing things that connected with the neighborhood that the church was in. I remember in those early days, there was a basketball program for kids in the neighborhood. We had a tutoring program for kids in the neighborhood. We always had a food pantry. 
in the pandemic, those kinds of things had to shift. So I'm actually a member at Family of Faith now, which is a sister to South Arlington. Mm-hmm. And we have partnered to do ministry together. So, you know, Family of Faith has some young folks with some energy and South Arlington has this real good connection with community. And so we've partnered to really help South Arlington do some of the ministries that they're still continuing to do, like the food pantry. So now it's like a drive through kind of deal, which is cool. And they're they're really involved with Eandesi, which is a neighborhood development corporation in East Akron. We have started, you know, during the pandemic at Family of Faith, we started doing like a lot of churches, everything online, you know, services via YouTube and Facebook. I was teaching Sunday school on YouTube and we were really making an effort to stay connected any way that we could, Mm -hmm. you know, because like Jonah said, it really is like a family and you miss seeing your family. Mm -hmm. Um, So we would do things like drive in services And when we did that, it was really cool to be even even though we couldn't like hug each other during the height of the pandemic, we could at least hang out in our cars or right outside of our cars and talk to each other face to face. But really just making the effort to stay connected with other people. And even now that things are starting to build back up to pre-pandemic stuff, we're really trying to focus on really building those connections with people who were coming before, but also just trying to think of new ways to connect with people who may have started, you know, watching on YouTube or Facebook or people just that are just looking for a church that's actually meeting and want to be in community. So and something that happened recently, it was over the holidays. My pastor, Reverend Ron Schultz, is really connected in the community. Mm-hmm. And the women's shelter in Akron had this situation where some pipes burst in the shelter and everything was flooding. Mm-hmm. And so they had to find a place on Christmas Eve for all these women and their children to be in every place that the councilwoman called, nobody was answering the phone. It was Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. but she had his number because they've got a relationship because he's really involved in the community, right? Called him. It was like 1130 at night and he answered the phone and all of those women and their children spent Christmas Eve at the church and they were actually there the next day for service. And that was one of the the most kind of powerful demonstrations of the love that the church has for people, right? Yeah. Um, and we weren't concerned about who was going to be there or we people just did what needed to be done. Mm-hmm. That is, I think, a really, really good example of how the church is being love in the community. What about you, Jonah? What have you seen? How's, how's your church uh, responded well, first, I just want to say that's that's fantastic. Yeah, that's an amazing kind of thing to see. I I would say, for what I've seen, it's similar sort of stuff, um, especially around the pandemic. 
seeing people come together through different hardships and things, especially like the pandemic, that threw a major wrench into everything, as I'm sure many, many people could attest. But seeing the same sort of thing, like we adapted pretty quickly through much argument, as I remember, uh, as churches tend to do. There were many committee meetings and all that. But we eventually came to the same sort of parking lot drive-through style service. And it's amazing to see, even though there are always people that will argue, it's fantastic to see the adaptability. And even if people disagree and they'll argue and somebody will always be complaining, but to see people still come together and pull together to still be able to gather as a church to still worship and really assemble on a Sunday. And even outside of that, just to still find ways to be a community and to see each other because it is truly a, a type of family. Mm-hmm. And I think I've sort of seen the same sort of thing even recently with the few disaffiliations that there have been, just seeing people really pulling closer together through hardship, through any sort of confusion or disagreement that there is people come closer together as a community and it really shows that bond of faith that we have as a church that we do come together through hardship and we're only getting closer through that all right i want to i want to focus in a little tighter on you yourselves with your involvement in the church how has that allowed you to let God work in you. How has that allowed you to experience God? What has he done in your lives because you've been a part of the church? Wow. I've done so much. <laughs> when I, um, not long after I started going to South Arlington, not long after I like officially joined the church, I started doing work with the youth mm-hmm. because there were kids there and they really needed an adult leader to work with them. And so I had the opportunity to go to many youth annual conferences at Lakeside and just just spending time with kids who were exploring their own faith and uh, having the opportunity to experience worship with youth. I mean, I'd, I grew so much during that time and it really motivated me to increase my involvement in the church. So, um, so for example, I got asked to be a lay delegate for annual conference. And then I found out about this thing called lay servant ministry, started taking uh, courses there. And I find that every time I feel like, okay, God has said, do this. And I've said, okay, great. I'm doing it. Or, you know, you know, sometimes you don't answer the call right away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. But um, every time that I get to a point where I'm like, okay, I'm doing what God wants me to do, then there's something else. So the last thing was the certified lay ministry thing. That was a process, uh, a good process, but it provided a structure for me to do the things that I've I've been doing in the church. So, you know, I've I've been teaching Sunday school. I've been teaching Bible studies. I've been on various 
committees. Um, I've been on SPRC for ever. Like I can't remember a time when I wasn't on, on SPRC. <laughs> and I've, I've served as the lay leader for the Canal District for uh, a few years now. But being a certified lay minister has really provided like a, a, a structure. It's kind of put guardrails on, if you will, mm-hmm. um, so that you have to have boundaries. I'm a firm believer in work-life balance. Mm. And even in our spiritual walk, we need boundaries, mm-hmm. right? Because otherwise you'll get burned out. Being a certified lay minister, my pastor and I actually had to work out a covenant. Like these are the things that I will do in ministry at Family of Faith. So it's really helped us stay in a lane (laughs) where I can really kind of dig into the gifts that I have and not get distracted by other things. So that's been really good. It has also allowed me to use that lane to really explore some things. So during the pandemic, I started doing Sunday school lessons on YouTube. So I would record them and post Mm -hmm. them and people would, we would post them on Facebook and people would like comment on them. So we'd have a discussion that way. And I've always been a knitter. Mm -hmm. It's just something that I've done since I was like in high school. And during the pandemic, like a lot of people, I got really like really into my knitting hobby because there wasn't a whole lot else to do. (laughs) Um, And I realized that there are all these knitting podcasts on YouTube. I was Mm -hmm. spending so much time like uploading videos to YouTube for church that I started to discover this other part of YouTube. I was like, wow, this is kind of (laughs) cool. And so a little over a year ago, I started a knitting podcast. And not long after that, it was probably, I started the knitting podcast the last week in December. Mm -hmm. And then the following year, at annual conference, Michael Beck came and talked about fresh expressions. And I was like, oh, <laughs> this could be a fresh expression. Yeah. So I started adding content to my knitting podcast about beloved community and sharing things about my experience in the United Methodist Church, uh, my experience as a certified lay minister, things that I've been teaching about in Sunday school as part of the podcast where I'm talking about all of my knitting projects Mm -hmm. and what I'm doing as far as like going to fiber festivals and teaching knitting and things like that. So it has become a fresh expression, a way for me to meet, connect with, show other people what the church can be, right? People who have been hurt by the church, so don't want to come back because they have these ideas about what the church is because of their experience or people who have just never experienced it. Um, You know, I'm a sociologist, so I'm always talking about statistics. Mm -hmm. And one statistic is that like 60% of people now like never go to church. So if we aren't doing these kinds of things outside of the church building, we're not going to be bringing people in. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm touching people who might otherwise never experience the church, experience beloved community. Because that's what you're really talking about, Jonah, when you say the church is a family. You're talking about beloved community. People feel like they can fully participate in the life of a community. That's what beloved community is all about, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody can feel like they belong 
right? Right. Um, and I, I hope I'm giving people the opportunity to, to get a taste of that through the podcast. I have over 800 su- subscribers now. Wow, that's incredible. It's that's not big on for YouTube standards, but I mean for but, a ministry, still, that's for, great. That's still for, great. For a, for a knitting podcast, that's a ministry. That's pretty impressive. I think so. Yeah. Um, I mean, and I've got like 1,900 followers on Instagram. You know, because wow. Instagram is a great place to post knitting pictures. Uh, yes, it is. You know, <laughs> so regardless of uh, you know YouTube or social media standards, that's 800 and 1,900 people that you're reaching out to with ministry. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. And now, like when I go to knitters, like to go to fiber festivals, mm-hmm. because you can squeeze all the yarn and the fiber and <laughs> it's all squishy and wonderful. And because of my podcast now, I'm always getting stopped by people. Oh, my my YouTube uh, channel is The Black Knitter. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm a sociologist, so I talk about, uh, I also talk about, you know, how race impacts people's experience in the making community and how, you know, we're, we're not going to get to beloved community if we're not able to talk about things like that. Right. Right. So it's funny. I'll be, you know, walking through a barn at a fiber festival because they're always at fairgrounds. Oh, of course. So I'll say, it's Liz, the black knitter. I'm like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> it's fine. I've met a lot of a lot of people. That's the thing I I love about my experience in the United Methodist Church is that as a lay person, I have been able to really use the spiritual gifts that I have and given permission <laughs> to use those gifts in ways that, you know, we typically don't think about mm-hmm. using them in the church setting. Right. Right. What about you, Jonah? How is being a part of the Methodist church? How, how has God used that to, to impact you and how have you experienced God through that? It's kind of impacted Everything as somebody that's, you know, called into ministry, called to being an ordained elder, it's a lifelong path. And I, I mean, I intend to follow that call for my life. That's, Mm -hmm. it's why I'm here as far as I'm concerned. I see a lot of that call and that really that purpose in the church, not to go ranting about my own call story and stuff, but well, this is the perfect place to share that oh, yeah. story. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm called to lifelong ministry in the church. So that's part of my realizing that call was the first time I preached, actually. I was nervous going up to talk and everything because I am a little bit nervous talking sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I mean, as soon as I stood up and started to speak, all the nervousness went away. And the only way I can still really describe it to the day is I was filled with an overwhelming sense of purpose. Like I had been trying to hammer a nail with a screwdriver and then finally used a hammer and it's like, oh, that's what it is. (laughs) It's this overwhelming sense of, oh, this is why I'm here. This is my life's purpose. And with that, there's the realization, I mean, really realizing that there is and has never been anything else that I could do with my life. I mean, it sounds weird to say, but it's that's a positive because like, I know my entire purpose in life 
which is very makes things a lot simpler for college i'll say <laughs> i mean aside from it being my purpose i've found a lot of guidance and i've really found my my mission in the church i'll say that okay mm-hmm. i mean i'd say that's definitely the main part of how the church has changed me because it is i i wouldn't even say that it's like to an extent it is the church is fully my purpose in life to be able to reach and minister to people to be able to help them with their faith that's i mean that's what i'm here for yeah and that's that's incredible that uh god's been able to make that so clear to you there's people that are that are in their you know fifth and sixth decade in life that are still searching for that that clear call that clear purpose and that you've been able to hear it so so young comparatively it's it's not something to take lightly Oh, I'm extremely grateful and regularly consider myself to be extremely blessed in that, that that I've realized this call and that that I've been called to it this early in life, I think is a fantastic thing. And I'm I'm really grateful that I'm able to start on it this relatively young, that I'm able to give so much of my life to the church. You know, not sure how many years I have left, but I'm, I'd, I'd hope quite a few and <laughs> I'm here to give what I have. So I, I think what's really fantastic about that is that you not only receive the call so early, but you answered the call, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? A lot of, yeah. a lot of young people will receive it but they're like, oh, I don't know if that's for me. Yeah, I mean, how, how many times did it take you to to say no to come to my Sunday school class before you said right. yeah? Right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I was in my 30s. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think it's fantastic. We really need young clergy. I think one of the reasons why the church gets really stuck in the traditional way of thinking is because we're just old people. (laughs) (laughs) So we need that youthful energy and knowledge and all that good stuff. So, well, as we, as we wrap things up today, I want to, want to ask you both one question. What is one thing that excites you about the church looking to the future? I'm going to let Jonah go first. All right. Sure. (laughs) Um, I mean, I just, circle back somewhat to what I said before that the church is based in love that it is a family I feel that I've seen a lot of different communities even you know being fairly young I mean I, I think about all of the different activities and all the different actions that people do within the church even the arguing even the complaining it's all for the good of the church and that's not something that I see really anywhere else. There's not a lot of actions done for the self. It's all generally done for the entire church family. Even the tightest knit communities outside of the church aren't as close as what I see in most churches within the UMC. It is genuinely amazing to me. And uh, that's probably not anything different from what I've said already, but it is fascinating and incredible and 
I think it's an amazing blessing for all of us that we have that and that we can all grow together through that, that we have mutual trust and love in each other that, you know, if the car breaks down on the opposite side of Ohio, we all have people who will drive across Ohio, drop everything that they're doing and come help us because they're our family. And that, in my experience, only exists through the church. There's nothing else like it, really. How about you, Liz? What excites you? Um, I am really excited about opportunity. Mm-hmm. I think that there are a lot of United Methodists who are really concerned about the church, concerned about what's going to happen with the denomination because of disaffiliation, concerned about the fact that not a lot of people have come back post-pandemic. But these things present opportunities, opportunities for us to be the church in the world. Mm -hmm. I tell students all the time, you got to be willing to blow things up. As long as we are willing to blow up our notions of what it means to be the church. And and right now that notion is being the church is coming to church on Sunday, sitting in a building, doing service, you know, maybe coming in on a Wednesday to do a Bible study, maybe coming in on a Saturday to, to pass out food to people. We have such an opportunity to connect with people outside of the church building And we have such an opportunity to take advantage of all these new ways of communicating to reach people who would never otherwise be touched by the message of the gospel. Mm -hmm. You know, there are so many people out there who need Jesus. And the only way they're going to meet Jesus is if they meet us. And they ain't coming to the church to do it. (laughs) So we got to be out there somewhere. Right. Right. So we have this really exciting opportunity to use our lives as a witness for people in the spaces that we're already in. Right. So come on, take my knitting class and (laughs) hear a little something about Jesus, too. There you go. You know, so that's what I'm excited about. (laughs) Well, I want to thank you both again for uh, stopping by and taking the time to sit with me and to chat. I want to thank everyone who's listening to the episode. I hope that you find some encouragement in these stories and that you'll be encouraged to share about how you too have experienced God through the United Bethes Church and that you'll find some ways to uh, share your excitement with others and, and to take some of what Jonah and Liz have shared in their own lives and to live that out in the world around you. You can learn more about the East Ohio Conference by visiting our website at www.eocumc.com or by finding us online at Facebook at facebook.com eocumc, on Instagram at eocumc, or on Twitter at eastohioum. <laughs>